The Adam Crowley Show. What is that? It's there's some still. Oh, there's some still stuck to my mouth. Get rid of it. I can't. It's awful. Okay. Uh, we, uh, I heard a little bit of Harry Carey. Uh, Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. The Pirates won today, but the game was on Facebook, so nobody saw it, which means it doesn't count. Wait a second. Nobody ever sees the Pirates win. None of them count. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens and follow us on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Brian LaMartina across from me. Shirtless Tom beyond the glass. It's Croatia in England in the 94th minute. If it goes PKs, we will bring you play-by-play. If it's still on after we talk to Tim Benz, even if it's not PKs, we will go to live play-by-play. We've got the right. If you say things in English, you can't break the law. Yep. Totally good to go. Yeah. Like English English. Like old English. Like ye old English accent. We can say whatever we want, and it's not illegal. So we'll bring you play-by-play if it goes to PKs, and please, dear God, I hope it goes to PKs. You see, the NFL Players Association filed a grievance. I did. It happened yesterday. Didn't feel like reading about it until this morning, so we'll talk about it now. Dominique Foxworth wrote a good piece on ESPN.com. He said the NFL Players Association filed the grievance. Blah, 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 blah. The union's claim is that this new policy imposed by the NFL's governing body without consolation with the NFLPA is inconsistent with the collective bargaining agreement and infringes on player rights. He then goes on to talk about the phrase that nobody likes to see, nobody likes to hear, detrimental to the team, detrimental to the league, and what the National Football League is doing in coming up with these new anthem rules, this new anthem policy, is they're using that overarching claim detrimental to the league. And they're using it because that's all the power Roger Goodell has. He can slap that on anything, and it's a dangerous precedent. We'll get into that in deep if we're not doing soccer play-by-play coming up at 440. I was so right about all this, by the way. I knew it was going to happen here. The NFLPA, they're pissed. The NFL owners, well, they're not pissed yet. They will be if they have to deal with this grievance. The President of the United States doesn't know if he's pissed or not, even though he actually is pissed. He said immediately after the NFL's new policy that players who don't stand for the National Anthem should get out of here. Get out of the country. Players are pissed because they'll be chastised as much for staying in the locker room as much as they would be for kneeling down. The owners thought they were compromising. And from the get-go, we here on the Crowley Show said the compromise wasn't going to make anybody happy. Owners thought they were compromising. Players could still voice their displeasure by not going out for the anthem. Yet players who would be out there would be standing, right? But it's BS. It's a terrible way of handling the situation and... Now, man, you ain't putting that toothpaste back in the tube. Nobody was going to be happy, and well, here we are. The crown man was right again. Unless I was wrong. Here's how. 
The Trumpsters ain't going to be happy because players will stay in the locker room. Libsters ain't going to be happy because players will have to stay in the locker room or be punished. NFL owners, they might actually be getting exactly what they want, though. This is now something that will have to be collectively bargained. The players have some very important things on the agenda when the CBA comes to an end. I am so distracted by this soccer game right now. They need to deal with guaranteed contracts. They need to talk about bigger slice of the pie. They need to figure out a commissioner without unilateral powers. And yet now the NFL owners will have the NFLPA arguing about anthem protests and drug suspensions. The National Football League wants 18 games a season. The owners won 18 games a season. And now, in addition to the drugs, they're also going to have this to have to argue about. Now, perhaps the NFLPA can argue back and say, maybe we eliminate Trump's unilateral powers. Maybe we get the detrimental conduct bullcrap gone. And that takes care of everything. But this is something that now muddies the waters a little bit. And as much as fans aren't happy with the compromise, as much as players aren't happy with the compromise, as much as the President of the United States has not called his dogs off because he didn't like the compromise, the owners, they might be thinking, okay, we've got more now that'll have to be asked to be a concession in the upcoming Players Association battle. Maybe they played it this way on purpose all along, and not just because they thought it would be a quote-unquote compromise. Your thoughts on that, if it made any sense, we're all probably watching soccer. Here comes the classic cliched, I need to talk about Le'Veon Bell take for the third day in a row, and what I've got for you is, I don't think Le'Veon Bell's the best stealer. I think he's the most important. Ben Roethlisberger's just a guy whenever Le'Veon Bell's not playing well. And yeah, that might strike a lot of you as a mortal sin to say such a thing. But I do this all the time. I bring you down to two years ago when the Steelers were 4-5. and They weren't a good football team. Didn't have an identity. Didn't know what they were going to do. Didn't know who they were. And Le'Veon Bell starts going off for a buck 40 a game. All of a sudden, they're in the playoffs. Not shocking. Ben Roethlisberger, bunch of turnovers prior to that moment. After that moment, played much better football. Last year, Steelers start out 3-2. and two. Then it, Le'Veon Bell gets the ball for 126 yards a game, and the Steelers take off. Ben Roethlisberger, not the same guy early in the season. Le'Veon Bell skips training camp. Some guy just got fouled brutally. Le'Veon Bell skips training camp. Doesn't play well out of the shoot. The Steelers then don't play well out of the shoot. Is that coincidence? I don't think so. But I'll take you even further back. Four years when the Steelers were struggling at the beginning portion of the season and Houston comes to town. And the Steelers are backed up under the shadow of their own goal line. And it was third in a million. Ben Roethlisberger drops back, dumps the ball to Le'Veon Bell, who then takes it 50 yards. Ben Roethlisberger doesn't have to play recklessly when he can dump the ball off to Le'Veon Bell, who can make it a big play. Sure, Antonio Brown bails him out a bunch. 
Both those guys work really well together. If not for Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown doesn't have the numbers he has either. I don't want this to be a Ben Roethlisberger crap fest here. I'm not going to dump all over the guy. But the Steelers are much better when they've got a great running game, and the way that they've had a great running game in recent years is by Le'Veon Bell being the best back in the league. Last year he wasn't. Last year he's a top five back. But the offense was slow until he picked up his end of the bargain. You agree with me? Is Le'Veon Bell the most valuable stealer? 412-922-2874. This soccer game's got my attention. Things might be a little slow here on the show until I am done watching the Croats versus the English. Are they the Croats or the Croats? Ats. Yeah, I figured. I thought there was a T there. Yeah, there's a T. Yeah, that's my bet. It's a good game. Yeah. You should never stick the D in there if it's not supposed to go there. That's what I hear. <laughs> I'm annoyed by the love for Toronto. We're talking puck. I'm annoyed at the love for Tampa Bay. I wasn't going to talk much hockey today. Still might not if the English broadcasters have to come on and interrupt our program. But I was reading some power rankings on NHL.com. And I'm not going to do power rankings radio, trust me. But... Toronto slides all the way up to number two because they bring in John Tavares. And look, John Tavares is a great player. Who the hell's going to keep the puck out of the back of the net? Washington's number one, and I get that. But a lot of people are talking about Tampa Bay. Tampa had a great season last year. Their roster is loaded, and they might get John Carlson, or pardon me, Eric Carlson. But they haven't done it before. Not since Marty St. Louis. That was more than a decade ago. The Penguins and the Capitals aren't getting enough love. Yeah, I said the Caps were number one of the power rankings, but people do that because, well, they're the champs until you knock them off the perch. I'm not buying Toronto. I think Tampa's good, but I'm not buying that they're cup contenders either. Sure, they went to Game 7 of the conference final. I guess that makes them de facto contenders, but they didn't win it. They didn't make the playoffs the year before. And the year before that, they're struggling against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, that went to Game 7 as well, but this is a team that's built to win the Cup multiple times, and they've yet to do it once. They're the best roster in the National Hockey League. Bar none. Top to bottom. Stevie Y done a really good job putting together that roster, and yet it's almost like it is just an all-star roster. Flip back to Toronto, and who the hell is going to play defense? Penguins didn't have a great defense court two years ago when they won the Cup. Three years ago, they just dominated everyone in terms of puck possession. But the goaltending was great. I don't think Toronto's got good enough goaltending either. We do this all the time in the sports media. We have to find the team that did the sexy thing in the offseason, and we got to put them up on the pedestal, and we got to say, okay, their time is now. You're telling me it's Toronto's time? Had him in Toronto's time since the late 60s. Nice. I'll believe in Toronto once they get through the first round. And yeah, I kind of sound like an old curmudgeon sports hot taker there too. Well, they haven't won it before, so uh, they can't win it. I've never seen it, so I'm not going to believe it. But I've seen teams beat Tampa. They can be easy to play against. They like to go up and down. Why the Capitals? 
finally win the Stanley Cup? Because they were a bitch to play against. Going through the neutral zone against them, dealing with the blue line. They played great defense without really any great defenseman other than John Carlson. They got some good players. You got to be tough to play against. I don't think Toronto's tough to play against. I don't think Tampa is tough to play against. You have to defend both of them. They can score a ton of goals. I don't think they got enough jam. That's right. I don't think they got enough grit. Yeah, that's right. I just don't believe that doing the sexy thing during the offseason makes you automatically that good of a hockey team. Was Toronto a John Tavares away from becoming a Stanley Cup winner after they didn't even advance out of the first round this year? Maybe John Carlson, pardon me, I keep doing that. Maybe Eric Carlson is the piece that eventually pushes this Tampa Bay team over the top. Maybe he can be that guy. But maybe, just maybe, it's making a move for the sake of making a move. And for me, I ain't falling for it just yet. 412-922-2874. A Croatian just totally whiffed on an opportunity at goal. And now they almost scored! I can't say it. Careful. Can't say it like yeah, that. I can't it, say it. No, I got to do it. I almost scored. Oh, I almost scored there. A missed opportunity on I, the play. Beautiful strike. Wanted to get this one out there too, because it is July 11. 7-11. Always open. Since it's July 11, then sports talk radio dries up. I'm going to start asking some cliched as all get out sports talk radio questions. And I got one for you now. Oh, no. I got one for you right now. <laughs> then I know what Tim Benz's answer is going to be. He's going to join us in seven minutes here on the Crowley Show. What's the best sporting event you've ever been to? <laughs> Don't you laugh at me. Don't you laugh at me. My creativity's dried up, buddy. It's all been sapped. I'm trying to watch soccer here. What's your favorite sport? I like soccer right now. It's on my TV. What's ever on my TV? That's what I like the best. Hey, don't you sidetrack this conversation. Get out of here with that. Get out of here. Don't you do it again. What? I thought you were going to do it again. No. Uh. Tim Ben's going to tell me it was some Syracuse game. What's your favorite ball? Is it a football? Soccer ball? Does a puck, ball? puck count? Puck ain't a ball. It's like a flat uh, ball. Is it a tennis ball? Is it a field hockey ball? Coming up next, Tim Benz. Talk about balls. No. What's your favorite color uniform? Talk about sports. In the most cliched way possible, it's a Crowley show. Adam Crowley. You not know any of the lyrics? There are no lyrics. <laughs> but if I had to mix them up, I would probably go with, Oh, Chechnya, oh, Chechnya. I love this freaking country. The Adam Crowley Show. Love that show. On ESPN Pittsburgh. We've got Croatia and England in extra time. 107th minute. We bring on Tim Benz now so I can talk less and he can talk more. Tim, of course, from Breakfast with Benz and Trip Live. Benzie, how are you? That's what I do. I talk. And now we don't have to talk anymore because Croatia has just scored. What are you talking about? 
Yeah, are you watching on a delay or something? We are! Oh, Screw man. you, Tim! What the you hell? son of a bitch! You just now it just you, happened. You dirtbag! Oh, no! Oh, my God! You well, ruined you it! Want me to do? I, I Tim, you gotta drop spoiler alerts! Yeah, man! Oh, okay, you want me to spoiler alert for <laughs> 17 seconds because you're on a crappy delay there? Uh, the delay's not our fault! I wonder why it is so damn delayed, though. Yeah, what the hell's going on? Yeah, what with kind that of TV are you watching it on, Benzie? Oh, I'm streaming on Facebook Watch. It's so much better. Aren't you aware after the Pirate game today? <laughs> did you watch any of that? Because I didn't watch a second. No, I did watch it, actually. I wanted to, you know, check it out for the sake of experiment. It didn't exactly engender the response that Skycam did during the Titan Steelers game this year, did it? No. What did you think about Skycam? I didn't hate it as much as most people did. I think they can use it much more often than they do. Uh, I don't think you want to do a whole game with it. I thought that was overkill. But, you know, generally speaking, when it comes to TV and experimentation, if you experiment with anything and anything more than 10% of the population doesn't hate it, I think more than 10% of the population didn't hate Skycam, then I think that means that's something that you continue to use because people just love to say they hate new things. So um, I, I would use it more because there were enough people there uh, at least in my opinion, that felt like, wait, why is the game not over? Oh, that's right. They play all the way through, don't they? Well, I don't know, Tim. You're the soccer guy now. I mean, you just... Well, why? Because I announced a goal. Yeah. I'm yeah, hurt. I they keep playing. That's still... Why don't they just do sudden death? Like, people keep talking, about, I don't want more penalty kicks. I don't want more penalty kicks. All right, well, then end the game in sudden death. It's the second extra time, isn't it? Well, since this is the Crowley show and we just don't give two rips about what we're going to talk about, the whole anti-PK thing bothers me. Yeah, it might not be the best way to decide a sport. It's entertaining as all hell, though. It, there's so much drama there. There is. Uh, it's just the goalies have such little chance. I know the Russian guy made a couple of incredible saves earlier this year, and that's the outlier to me. But it shouldn't Whoa. be. For a sport, this is how I feel about penalty kicks. For a sport that makes it so hard to score, you shouldn't decide on it being incredibly easy to score. <laughs> that's... That's my general premise on why I don't like penalty kicks. I'm much more of a fan to decide a game in a shootout for hockey than I am penalty kicks for soccer. Tim, you know, Tim, if you just... play three, three overtimes in hockey for a playoff game, screw the fourth overtime. That's plenty. You play two hockey games in one night. Go to shootouts, even if it's game seven of the cup for all I care. Tim, with PKs, just flip it around. Think of it as hard to save. So you're just looking at it from a different angle. Yeah, there the you go. all there. I guess the Belgian guy made a couple of really great saves yesterday. Were you watching that during your show? We were. Belgium is our squad. RIP. That um that game became incredibly difficult to watch as the game dragged along. I mean, I couldn't tell what was worse, the blatant pushing or the blatant flopping. I know you're a big college basketball guy. Is it any worse than what happens at the end of college basketball games with the foul fests, though? Well, I know that the blatant pushing certainly wasn't worse than what Michigan did to Syracuse in the Final Four in 2013. Not that I'm biased. But, uh, <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I mean, like, well, say that again. Like, Is it any worse than a college basketball game when college basketball players flop? I mean, I think no, not, a, not necessarily about the flopping, but just at the end of games. Like, there's so much gamesmanship, quote-unquote, going on at the end of these soccer games. I, I think at the end of college basketball games they just turn into foul fest and there's just as much standing around time yeah but you know what at least the fouling there you can match it up strategically with the clock and there's no real strategy to fouling in soccer and you don't know what the clock is doing so for two reasons i hate it in soccer more 
Tim, I do want to get back to the Facebook Live thing real quick. I, I wish oh, yeah, you- I did watch it. I, so I, I did watch it, and I thought it was um, – they've got to treat it more like a radio broadcast, especially if they're going to do afternoon games, because people are doing other things besides just watching the game. If you're watching a night game, you know, if you've got Apple TV or Roku or whatever people have to stream this stuff more effectively, then you can just crack a beer and watch it on your television, and that's fine. And that's how Facebook and other social media aspects are turning into what we – determined to be or used to determine to be regular tv but today i mean like i went out and walked the dog and i had facebook live just streaming because i couldn't have the stream on the radio because it was blocked out so that's how i used it or i had it streaming on the phone while i was working on my laptop when i came back to do some stuff for breakfast events tomorrow so like but it was not broadcast like a radio game at all. It was broadcast like a TV game. And I think if they're going to do these things in the afternoon, uh, not only the play-by-play guys, but also the elements, like they, they really don't need to address those god-awful comments. Uh, minimize that sucker right away if you're going to do this. But if they're going to talk about them, then they can't just allude to them like, hey, Sean, this guy really likes you, huh? Or, hey, FB, this guy really <laughs> hates you, huh? Like, they can't do that. they gotta, they got to read them because we have no idea what they're talking about in a lot of cases because you're working and you're doing other stuff while the game is going on. Baseball is a very passive sport to watch. Um, and most people, like a lot of people like it on the radio for that reason anyway. Tim, I like Facebook for two reasons. One, you can lurk a lot of women. And number two, you get political takes that I just couldn't get anywhere else, I don't think. And now you're going to ruin it with baseball? I don't think so. Uh, I'm sick of the political stuff, and uh, I'm so far beyond stalking my former girlfriends on Facebook from high school that I don't even need that aspect. <sighs> Tim Ben's joining like us close, here. Like you're close enough where a lot of them still look good, and some of them have even improved. Like I'm not there anymore. Like all the girls from college for me are in their 40s now, so it's a, it's a downward spiral at this point. Tim Ben's is joining us, but you already knew that he from breakfast with Ben's. Uh, Tim, what was the best sporting event you ever attended? Uh, what was this a theme to start the show before I was on? Yeah, it's my terrible July 11th radio topic for today. You went cliche sports on you, Tim. Sorry. I did. Uh, the best one I ever attended was uh, the Super Bowl in Tampa between the Cardinals and the Steelers. See, Especially I thought it would be I was something Syracuse. When San Antonio home caught the ball. You're on like all the NFL films videos. Yeah, I was on a couple of those, absolutely. Yeah, looking good, too. Plus, it was a great game. I mean, like, you know, that was the San Antonio Holmes catch. That was the James Harrison interception return for a touchdown, and it was tense, and it was there were big plays and big moments, and the game never dragged, even though it was a long Super Bowl contest. It was, it was definitely the best sporting event I ever went to. I'd have to go with Troy Palomalo's interception return for a touchdown against Baltimore in the AFC Championship game just before that. Had I gone to the Super Bowl, I think I'd say that, but that's the loudest I've ever heard Heinz Field was when Troy Palomalo's running that back. Can I also throw out there the 20 to nothing loss that I witnessed for the Pirates against, what was it, the Cubs? Like in the season where they set the record? I thought it was the Brewers. Oh, the Brewers, that's right, that's right. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. Yeah, I think I can't remember Whoa. which one it was. Like they either lost the the loss against the Brewers clinched the consecutive twenty seasons of losing, or the twenty to nothing happened against the Cubs or vice versa. I don't remember which one it was, but there, both those teams were involved. Yes, I think yes. Uh, Tim Benz joining us here on the Crowley Show. Uh, Tim, you have brought up in the past that 
the NFL comes down so hard on drugs because now it's another uh, thing that the NFLPA has to worry about when they come to the table for the next collective bargaining agreement. Uh, I think the same thing's going on here now with the anthem policy. Uh, I think they want to piss off the NFLPA, and therefore uh, they did the policy without them, and now this is something that when the next CBA is up, the players are going to have to bitch about. Yeah, I bet you there's there's a quiet part of the NFL that doesn't mind all this because the more things that are played up as big-time issues, the easier it is for them to get away from the topic of guaranteed contracts or giving the players more right. power when it comes to the economics of the game, and that's what really matters, right? Um, you know, I, I do think there's some merit to that, whether it's the anthem or drugs or, you know, what they're allowed to wear during games or celebrations, all this dippy stuff that has been not like, you know, talk about why there's lack of interest in the NFL. I was thinking about this today was, you know, people always want to pin on the anthem. I think it's more than that. I think it's just beyond that. I think it's a matter of, uh, you know, we just talk about it so much that by the time it used to be when Thursday rolled around, there was a game on it. Oh, great. There's finally some more football. It's been a while since Sunday or Monday night. Well, no, you've just talked so damn much about it and stuff that has nothing to do with the game. You're kind of sick of the NFL by the time, by the, time the game kicks off on Thursday. And it's this crap. So I think the NFL, I mean, look at how popular the NBA has become or the NBA front office has become with its own players because they give in on a lot of stuff. Well, maybe the NFL will give in on a lot of this, but at the same time hold firm when it comes to guaranteed contracts and really much more important matters. Last couple of things here for Tim Benz. Uh, Benz, you want another cliched radio topic? Sure. I think Le'Veon Bell's the most valuable stealer, just not the best stealer. See, I look at it the other way around. Oh, boy, go on. Well, I mean, I, I think the quarterback is – if you've got a quarterback that, that's impact, that is that impactful, like Ben Roethlisberger is, then he's the most important because that's just the nature of the quarterback position. And when you've got other capable receivers like the Steelers do, for as great as Antonio Brown, it's easier for the collective of three or four to replace one body. That's even though Antonio Brown is great. Uh, I think that Le'Veon Bell might be the best talent because of his unique ability to catch the football from various positions on the field. But uh, I do think you can replace a running back easier than you can a quarterback. Uh, you can a quarterback, certainly. I don't think you can replace a running back easier than you can replace a receiver, though, at least not in the midst of a season. Uh, I don't know about that. So you think that it would be, you think it would be easier to replace I think Le'Veon Bell? I think it'd be Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown. I think it's easier, even though I think Antonio Brown might be the best player I've ever seen. But I, I think it's easier to replace a receiver like that because you can just rotate everyone up in in the rotation. Oh, yeah, that, but I'm putting the quarterback above both of them. Okay, that's fine. You know, especially with the Steelers because they have other good receivers, or at least I think two to three good receivers. And Juju, I think James Washington was a really good pick, and it looks like. McDonald might turn into a better tight end than what we originally thought. So I think they'll have more options there to replace A.B. if A.B. were to go out. I have no faith right now that James Conner or Steven Ridley can come close to doing what Le'Veon Bell no. did. But I think that Bell Bell is such a unique talent uh, in terms of size and ability. Like, you know, A.B. is wonderful, but if there's only like we've seen without Ben Roethlisberger, there's only so much he can do when he's triple covered. You know, he can't outsize people like Larry Fitzgerald or Julio Jones did. You know what I mean? So like, I think the most uniquely gifted player on that team in terms of athleticism and skill set is Bell. But I also think you can replace him easier than you can 
Roethlisberger. I don't know if you can, though, save than, than Brown. I think that Brown you might be able to replace easier than Bell. Do you want another take? Uh, sure, why not? It's your show. Give me as many takes as you want. I have never been more excited for preseason football than this year. Mason Rudolph, baby. Mason oh, Rudolph. Oh, yeah. Well, if you're going to talk about the actual games, you're talking about the actual games, not necessarily the lead-up to a season. Correct. Yeah, I think that uh, because of that, the preseason and training camp will be much more interesting because we can make mountains out of molehills for six weeks between, well, actually, was it seven or eight weeks actually going on to the start of camp with everything Mason Rudolph does. Yes, you're right about that one. Maybe Mason Rudolph can easily replace Ben Roethlisberger, Tim. How about that? Now, are you as excited for the season itself for the Steelers as opposed to other years? Because I am not. No, I'm excited for West Virginia football, but I am I am ex- I am excited for the Steelers this year. I don't know what hit me. Just the other day, it's the only thing I want to talk about now is football. A little, I have little to no belief that the Steelers are going to be better than what they were a season ago. I Tim, I think that this could be a year that they legitimately underachieve. They won so many close games last year. And those things tend to turn around. Uh, I think we could see that happen this year. I think the Steelers could be a 9-10 win football team. Yeah, well, even Keith Butler admitted it, right? I mean, he makes a lot of sense here. Were they really a 13-3 and team, or were they an 11-5 and team, or a 10-6 and team? So, hey, my, right? head, my headphone cut out there. What would you say? I said, were they really a 13-3 and team, or were they actually more an 11-5, and 10-6 team? Like, Keith Butler was alluding to that, right? Yeah, they're, they're a camp. lot. They did not look like a... Usually 13-3 and three teams, you feel like they've been pretty darn dominant. Last year's team never felt dominant. Right. They had a lot of escapes. They had a lot of comebacks. They had a lot of games that came down to field goals against poor teams that really shouldn't have. You know, like, and a team that I will draw an analogy to for them in recent seasons that was like that was the 2012 team. They also, sorry, the 2011 team. They also lost in the first round of the playoffs to Tim Tebow. Uh, like, that team, to me... Looked like it slipped more than we gave it credit for after the 2010 season, even though it won 12 games, just like the 2010 team did. We just thought, okay, they lost the division to a Baltimore club that was better for the regular season that year, but uh, they'll beat the Broncos and then we'll see what happens in the playoffs. But they had a lot of close wins that year. You know, they, they had a couple of uh, losses that they shouldn't have had, as they always seem to do under Mike Tomlin. And then. Of course, they had the Tebow game, which is you know one of the founding uh, points that any and all Tomlin critics want to come back to. So uh, I think last year's team was a lot like that, where they had a lot of close games against lesser competition that they managed to win barely that showed more cracks in the veneer when a good team got a hold of them. The Jaguars, even at Heinz Field, they won. And you know what? The Steelers made that one closer than what appeared to be, too. All right, Tim, here's what we're going to need to do then. You and I are going to have to keep each other accountable because I feel very similarly to you, but I'm going to be at training camp, you're going to be at training camp, and it's so easy, I feel like, to go down there and watch these guys and hear everyone just giggling vivaciously uh, about how good the Steelers are going to be, and then I'm I'm buying back in. I don't want to buy back in. I, I'm going to stick with this, okay? Yeah, but, but do, you, do you really think people are going to feel that way until they see the defense on the field? Like, what is it about Tyler Matakevich or Artie Burns or Sean Davis that we're going to see in camp that we haven't seen from them already in camp that is going to get us convinced that they're going to be that much better once the pads go on in the preseason or in the regular season? Well, Tim, I don't know if you know this, but the outside linebackers flipped, so that's that's good <laughs> for a couple of wins right there. No, I, I think 
legitimate. I, we've talked about this on your show. I think that was a smart tactical move. I think that will help. But there's a, there's a perfect example. Like, you cannot convince me that Bud Dupree is going to be all that much better until I actually see him get better. There's something I'm running about tomorrow in our Stairway, from se- stairway to Seven series. Croatia just won. Stairway to Seven You series. son of a bitch. It's a free kick where we're watching. <laughs> oh, no. Tim. Damn it, Tim. Look at those Croats. Croats? For as much as we like Stefan Tuitt, Stefan Tuitt's got to be a $60 million player soon, doesn't he? Yeah. He has to. He has to take that step forward. I mean, we keep talking about, oh, he can't pay Lev Belt $60 million. You're paying Stefan Tuitt $60 million. How's that working out? Tim, I'm not listening. I'm watching the Croatians go nuts. I got to go. Well, there's nothing hotter than a bunch of Croatian men dogpile on one another. I can see why that would turn you on. Boy, you can say that again, Tim. Hey, uh, by the way, fantastic job in the cheese tees today. I, I don't know if people saw the comment on Twitter, but yeah, I have to see the cheese tees. If you want to see Marty Scorsese's famous continuous shot from Goodfellas done completely the opposite, that's what you guys did. You, you basically took a seven-second shot of continuous video and made it like a two-minute thing to show a shirtless Tom running out of the building in flip-flops. But you, you did it from eight different camera angles, which was, I, I didn't know you could make it that complicated, but a job well done by you. I mean, it's as good as it gets on the cheese tees, I think, there, Tim. I, I mean, it is epic. I, I know that Michael Mann and Quentin Tarantino would be very jealous of what you pulled off today. Thanks for the time, buddy. All right, talk to you later. What the hell did we just talk about? For 18 minutes. You talked Lev Bell. Uh-huh. You talked soccer. Yeah. Tim spoiled the soccer game twice for us. Yes, he did. <laughs> um, you talked uh, Mason Rudolph. That happened. Season games. You're yeah. excited for him. Um, Favorite, best sporting yeah, event he ever yeah, attended. I can't forget that one. Best yeah. sporting event ever. Steelers are going to underachieve this year. Yeah, Steelers yeah. are going to underachieve you this two year. Are keeping each other accountable. Yeah, we're going to keep each other accountable. Okay, good. We got all the takes in then. Yeah. Coming up next. Oh, you talked about Facebook Live uh, with the Pirates, too. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm happy we got Tim to talk about it, so then I don't have to. <laughs> up next, the NFL saying the anthem demonstrations are conduct detrimental. That's an abuse of power. I'll explain. It's Crowley Show. The Adam Crowley Show. Are you putting me in a position to pull a Phil Kessel or something like that right now? Is that what you're saying? I think you did pull a Phil Kessel, and now we're calling you on it like we're calling Dunlap, baby. <laughs> oh man <laughs> am i on the air right now yeah you're on the air oh i love it that's awesome uh yeah no. <laughs> adam crowley on espn pittsburgh so croatia now has an opportunity to win the world cup and the united states ain't anywhere to be found and this is aggravating because croatia's got 4.17 million people in the damn country the united states got like 350 million and it's irritating because I found out this further piece of information that Croatia is ranked 21st in the current Coca-Cola FIFA World Cup rankings. And the United States is 25th. USA could be winning this thing. We could have been there. We could have been, been there. there right now. What a missed opportunity. This is like this year's NCAA tournament, except in World Cup form. Uh, this year, you had a bunch of teams running rot wild, like Loyola. What the hell was her name? Sister Jean. Mean. Mean Jean. Yeah. Retrievers. Kansas They're State. Upset. Yeah. And now you got Croatia going all the way to the final against France, which, I'm sorry, 
Croatia is nowhere near as sexy as England-France would have been. No. Uh, not even close to as sexy as that game would have been. I mean, that would have been awesome. That would have been war. That's it. Just would have been war. Both sides entrenched. Would have been a battle. Would have been unbelievable. And we get Croatia instead. We also get this jackal on Twitter. I tweeted out, looks like England will be coming home about a week early. And this jabroni goes, what do you mean, one day early? It's a joke, jackass. R.K. Kelly. Someone's a little pissed off that his bloke's lost. Oh, man. Someone's... Imagine over there right now. Like, because, like, early on in this match, if you saw it on Twitter, like, these guys are just throwing beers up in the air after the first goal. It's like nothing but celebration. That country just had a dagger to its heart. They're a bunch of pissed-off, upset Brits right now. Yes, they are. Nothing can save them. Not even Dunkirk. (laughs) Nothing. I mean, there's a little bit of, like... Oh, my God, uh, these fans going so nuts. Oh, they threw all their beers in the air. You know what? That's what they get for wasting beer. Yeah, and see, there is a certain karma that needs to be laid upon the British Empire. I mean, I won't go into details, but they all—they haven't always been the most upfront country in the world. Tend to do some bad things sometimes. A little karma. No taxation without representation, man. That's what they get, though. 10,000 beers go up in the air. Darren Ravel from ESPN said it was $10,000 worth of brew that got thrown in the air. That's a lot of wasted beer. Oh, now you get this guy. No, they have to play that silly third-place rubbish game. Guys, let's stop. What is wrong with these people? It's a joke. Don't you understand what we're trying to do here on our radio show? Um, uh, uh, excuse me, Adam, but they'll they'll only be there for 36 hours. Not not entire with thirty six and a half because their flight leaves at uh, seven forty five. Yeah, they gotta play the third place game, you oh, idiot. Yeah. Sometimes luggage takes a while too. Hey, Belgium, England, third place game, not bad. Now wait, let me ask you this question: If Belgium and England have a great game, right? Or you know what? No, not like that. If England were no, well, not like that either. <laughs> if Belgium blows the snot out of England, and then both teams in the final. Puts around and it's like a one nothing or zero zero win, but in PKs, can the AP then vote that third place game winner in the first place, a la the two thousand and three national championship that was split with LSU and USC? <laughs> I want to see that happen. You got like points, strength of schedule. Like Give me you, something. You roll it all in there. I want to find a way where England could backdoor their way into this championship. <laughs> I want to find a way where the Brits can bring this trophy home. And the only way they're getting is if they steal it. <laughs> That's the only way. Yeah. No, they have that silly third place rubbish game. Damn it, Gordon! And you know his name's his name's Gordon, and he's saying rubbish. He's just a butt hurt English fan. He was probably George like a week ago. Then he like went all in on England. He's like, I'm gonna call myself Gordon and use the word rubbish and say bloke a lot. Look at me, I'm British. Woo! Meanwhile, every king who's ever lived. They were born, they take a given name, and then they get handed the name George. The kings do it the opposite way. I'm Gordon. I'm Gordon. Chip, chip, cheerio. Oh, eat me, Gordon. I'd like some haggis. I get the big Travosky, who's got, he's got his uh, French flag in his picture. For the love of God. See, and this is where it gets real weird. Like, everybody goes all in on it. Look, we can enjoy this without having to go all in. You know, I'm an American. I'm not painting my face like France or England because that's the team I happen to pick who one of my aunts told us that's where her family was from. I'm not going to do that. 
People get all into this stuff. Yes. And you know, in like three weeks, they'll forget all of it. It's like cramming for a test in like in high school or college. You remember all the information for exactly the time you need it to get through. Then once the test is over, 90% of that oh. information flies out. That's what happens with the World Cup. It's so funny. Like they'll all be about the, oh, well, we know exactly when they're playing English and the uh, leading score. And, uh, and then it's done. Now they're onto something else. My wife thinks that the French and Indian War was a war fought between the French and the Indians. We had to have that conversation last night. Does she know what year the War of eighteen twelve was? Yes. Okay. Good. That one. That you see, they should have done that with all of them. Yeah. With all just, of them. Just name them straight. That would have made things so much easier. Yes. Like not World War Two. It's the War of nineteen thirty nine. Unless you're American, then it's the War of nineteen forty two. Yeah. I have one more here, from Sean. Third place game against Belgium's on Saturday. Womp womp. Yeah, I was really going for realism there. Wouldn't you rather have your team go home than play in a third place game? Then, like, put that on the, the third Twitter place poll. game is so irrelevant. Why are they coming at you saying, "Well, we have a third place game"? You know, who that, cares? It means nothing. It's the international walk of shame that game. <laughs> yes, that's exactly. exactly what it is. Would you rather would you, have? Would you apologize to them, please? Let them know that you're sorry you offended their soccer sensibilities, and in no way did you mean to be that ignorant and offend them in ways of not knowing exactly what time the next game was or throwing out a joke without thinking of the consequences that affect their life daily? I don't think there's... I think that's more than 280 characters. Okay, how about just say shut up? (laughs) Hey, everybody! (laughs) Hey, all you blokes! Rubbish! Cut that rubbish out! (laughs) Bugger off, you bloody wankers! Before I stick you in a boot! It's a trunk. Is it? Yeah, but it's Trump. Vince Williams just tweeted this out. Let's get back to the Steelers talk. I'm not taking the carts this year at camp. I'm walking the hill every day for extra cardio. Well, can I? I'm going to ask him, can I take the cart then? Can I use your cart? This is a segment we like to call Crowley Tweets. (laughs) It's a new segment to all of us. (laughs) I was supposed to talk about the NFL Players Association. And the NFL, and how messy that's all going to be. We'll get to that coming up in about five minutes. Also, I got to know, what's the best sporting event you ever attended? And you know what? I can flip this topic on its head. Because yesterday, Brian said the only reason people want to go to sporting events is to brag to their friends. I gave y'all a reason to brag, and boy, ever did you. Oh, man, the one-uppers in my Twitter mentions. Oh, peeps be coming out of the woodwork. Well, I went to this game in 1965. Eat me. I don't care what game you went to in 1965. How the hell do you even know how to use Twitter? <laughs> so all that's on the way. I'm a better fan. I saw I saw the Steelers play when they used rocks as a football. Now they only have rocks between their ears. Whoa. Oh, no. It's a Crowley show.